This podcast series is part of the T-Level and T-Level Transition Programme Provider Support, delivered by the Association of Colleges and funded by the Department for Education. The purpose of the podcasts is to support providers that are in the preparation stage of their T-Level and T-Level Transition Programme journey. In this series, we will hear from a range of current T-Level providers and explore their experience of how they managed to successfully plan brand new T-Level and T-Level Transition Programme curriculum with personal advice and guidance to support your planning. Each episode will have a specific focus that will provide information, support and direction to help you in your T-Level and T-Level Transition Programme journey. I'm Mark Hughes, and in this episode, we'll be exploring the importance of having a strategic intent behind a successful T-level and T-level transition program launch and development. Our guests for this podcast are Ashley Groot, Assistant Principal for Vocational Curriculum at HSDC, formerly known as Haven and Southdown College, and Kirsty Coling, Assistant Principal for Quality and Curriculum at Notre Dame Catholic Sixth Form College. Thank you both for joining us. Thanks, Mark. No problem at all, Mark. Kirsty, when did Notre Dame Catholic Sixth Form College start delivering T-levels and what is your current offer? So, Mark, we were one of the first Wave 1 providers to offer T-levels. So we started in 2020 and our first T-level was uh, the digital pathway that, that we currently run. So I think we're on to year three, uh, coming up to year four of that. We then introduced health T-level um, within the, the, the second uh, wave. We've then gone on to introduce business T-level and there are plans for future developments for uh, both media and legal T-level in 24-25. Uh, Ashley, from an HSDC perspective, when did you start delivering T-levels and what is your current offer? We started in 2020 and that was with the education and childcare, the digital design and development and construction, um, surveying and planning. And we also started the T-Level Transition Programme offer in digital and early years in that year as well. Like Kirsty, we then started science and health T-Level. So the health T-Level, the science T-Level and the healthcare science T-Level in 2021. And then this year, we've then added the finance, the business and engineering T-Levels. And we've also started the T-Level Transition Programme in Health and Science. Thank you, Ashley. Looking at the sort of strategic intent, as both Notre Dame Catholic Sixth Form College and Haven at South Downs College were selected as one of the first providers to deliver the T-Levels and the T-Level Transition Programme, it'd be really good to explore your intent behind their introduction. Kirsty, as an outstanding Sixth Form, why did you decide to deliver T-Levels? The big question was really what's in the best interest of our students. So for, for us, it was a, a no-brainer, really. Um, we wanted to offer an alternative pathway for students who maybe didn't necessarily want to go the traditional route into A-levels, but also wanted a little bit more than some of the vocational courses we could offer them. So a little bit of a hybrid, really. Um, the, the industry placement was a big pull for, for students as well. So we decided to link that in alongside our other curriculum offers. We also looked at, in terms of planning, we always look at a three or four year strategy. So we looked at the Leeds City Region Economic Plan, the LEP, basically. So we look at what the Leeds City Council are focusing on. We look at gaps in 
sort of the market really where we need to produce a pipeline of students for businesses to where there's a dearth of students going into nursing for example or within digital industry so we decided to work with quite an innovative approach that we, we take um, we actually have a city-wide approach to our health sea level so we work really closely in collaboration with Leeds City Council as well as um, Leeds City College, which is unusual. They are our, our local FE provider and we normally are in competition with them. So we've decided to eradicate any competition between the two colleges to allow students to progress and to also take up placements without worrying that there's going to be no placements left, basically. We've worked really hard. We collaborate in terms of teaching materials. We collaborated on timetabling to make sure that the two days the students go out on placements are exactly the same. We also collaborate on, on some shared staffing in terms of some delivery of industry specialists. So we have a nurse practitioner that teaches across both sites and they come in on a Thursday and deliver the practical aspects to students that we can't deliver as staff. So it's an unusual setup, but one that, that certainly works and the students have got some brilliant placements as a result of that. And that's just incredible, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, I suppose, for the region as a whole and for the city, you know, Leeds in particular, that talent pipeline coming through from both institutions and staying local must be fantastic for the region. Yeah, we've got a small cohort because we, we didn't want to grow it too quickly. So we want to make sure that we, we get it right to start with. But all students that have got placements, we, we find it reasonably easy to get placements. Same for, for digital, to be honest. One of the key things that we did, we worked on a memorandum of understanding where we all signed to agree that there would be no competition, to agree some shared resources. We also had the, the head of um, Human Resources, Police City Council, make some amends to the teaching hospital rules and regs with regards to students being able to actually have hands-on experience within the hospitals under the age of 18. So that was quite a, a big shift that for us needed to happen to make sure those placements were of the highest possible quality and that the students got the most out of it. And um, we, we also have an agreement with Leeds University, so they are currently guaranteeing students interviews. So any student that does the T-level health programme will automatically be interviewed by themselves for a place on the nursing degrees. Ashley, from a large college provider, you've got three campuses across Hampshire. Now, why did you decide to deliver T-levels and the T-level transition programmes? There are a number of reasons, really, Mark. At the start of our first merger with Haven College, so when we were South Downs College and we and, and we just merged, we really wanted to review our curriculum offer because previously we'd had A-levels at the South Downs campus and the A-levels all moved to the Haven campus. So we wanted to try and create a real identity for what the South Downs campus would bring. And so we basically looked at it as if we were starting a new college. What would be the key priority sectors that we would look to invest in? What would we focus and target on based on local need? So we looked at strategies from the LEPs. We looked at our local Portsmouth City Council and Hampshire County Council strategies. And from there, we came up with a number of subjects that we felt were key priorities for the region. And then we identified that they would be where we'd focus any investment that we could potentially get. We also wanted to create a real identity for the campus. So we very much wanted to focus on technical and professional excellence and then thirdly, as Kirsty said, very much driven by what's best for our students. We felt that some of the BTECs and CTECs that we were potentially offering 
were a little bit old in terms of content and we wanted something that would sort of refresh and revamp our curriculum. So the T-levels obviously were just being designed with employers and providers and were sort of state of the art and a bit more up to date. So we felt that was really valuable for our learners as well. Do you have an overarching intent as a group of colleges, so a regional focus on local area needs and priorities at individual campuses? Exactly that. We don't offer exactly the same T-levels at the two vocational campuses. That's largely driven by regional need. A good example would be the health T-level at the South Downs campus. We're on the doorstep of a really large hospital and lots of people in the area work or have family that work in the hospital. So there's a big focus on healthcare in, in the region. And so at that campus, we offer four different specialisms on the health T-level. But at the Alton campus, it's quite a small health provision in that area. And there isn't a large hospital and large universities locally that offer the nursing pathways. And so we only offer one occupational specialism at that campus. So, yeah, it varies depending on which campus and and what the local priorities are and and what the LEP priorities are in that region. For the T-level transition programme in particular, why did you choose specific pathways and not others? We felt that for the T-level transition programme, it's really important to offer that programme where we knew students could potentially fall short on the entry criteria. So a really good example is the health T-level. There's lots of science content in that. So if a student came to us and didn't have the right entry criteria, which is, you know, we've set quite high, we expect students to have fives in double science, then we wanted something that would support them for that year so that they could then progress onto that T-level. So we felt it was really important to have the T-level transition programme offer in health and science with a bit of a focus on science so they then gain that underpinning knowledge so that when they do move onto the T-level, they've got that level of knowledge to to be able to cope with the, the level of science required. You both mentioned the importance of local area needs, employers, in that strategic planning and intent. Ashley, regarding employers' engagement and input into developing and delivering T-levels and the T-level transition programme, how important is it to engage with them at this strategic early stage of development? We felt it was absolutely crucial. We really wanted to make employers at the heart of these programmes. Each year we knew that the T-levels were coming, so each wave we created what we've called employer partner boards, And those partner boards are a group of employers and HE providers that meet with us regularly. So usually at least once a term. And we were able to get those partners based on relationships that we already had around apprenticeships. Also working with a number of areas like the Chambers of Commerce, for example, and the LEPs to identify other employers that could join those boards And also, in truth, we we used relationships that some of our staff had as well with certain employers from their sectors. And so we met at different points throughout the year before T-level delivery started, talking about all number of aspects. So what they felt the T-level content was like, whether it prepared students appropriately for their sectors or for moving on to HE. We talked about what our specialist equipment allocation should be spent on if we were successful with capital funding which fortunately we were what the facilities should look like 
We talked about gaps in our staffing knowledge, so where they could potentially help upskill, so creating opportunities for staff to go back into placement, into their sectors, and where there was content that we maybe might not be able to deliver. So, for example, on the construction T-level, there's a bit where the staff have to deliver on quantity surveying drones, so we felt that was a gap that we had. And one of our employers said, look, that's a core bit of our business. We'll come and deliver that bit of content for you. So that journey before we start talking about placements has been really valuable for us because those employers feel like they've been part of that T-level implementation and making sure we're getting it right. You know, we're not the experts in everything. The employers are the experts and we wanted to make sure that we were gathering as much knowledge and information as we could from them to make sure we get the delivery right for the sector. The employing boards, by the sounds of it, is a really important factor to consider in that early planning phase, that intent phase of developing your T-levels and T-level transition programmes. How is the employers invited to these boards? How do you shape and pull these boards together? It was pulling on some relationships we already had basically saying, look, we're looking at doing this new qualification. We want to make sure that we're absolutely preparing students for moving into your sector and they have the right skill sets and the right knowledge. But also I think it's about almost massaging their egos a little bit because they are the experts. And so we were saying, particularly in construction, where we didn't do construction qualifications, we basically said, look, we don't know enough without your knowledge. Please come and help us make sure we get this right. And I think then... When employers feel that they've got an important part to play, then they're more sort of often keen to contribute. Totally agree. With the employers on board to help shape the delivery of the T-levels, you know, at least you can make sure that they are current and industry ready for those students to go into. So some great examples there of employer boards. Now, Kirsty, at Notre Dame, you use some really creative ways and methods to raise T-level awareness with employers. Can you explain how you've done this so successfully? As a sixth form provider, traditionally we're we're not uh, known for our apprenticeship programmes and we don't always have the links that um, we we now have. So we, we were starting from scratch in a lot of ways. The first thing we did was produce marketing flyers that were aimed directly at At the time, it was digital employers because that was the first T-level we we ran. So we actually did leaflet drops throughout the city of Leeds. We emailed and we bombarded all the employers that could possibly offer digital placements right across the city. And we did get quite a lot of response from that. So once we got a response from them, we then produced information leaflets to give to employers, which summarised, if you like, the the content of, of what we would be delivering. So they had some idea of what we, the students were actually going to be taught and what they would come with. Once they'd got that, we then invited them in for employer breakfast. So we, we schmoozed them, if you like. Uh, we, we got them in, provided them with lots of tea and coffee and Danish pastries and, and really got, you know, got them in to see the college, to get to know the staff to see what, what was behind our ethos and, and sort of how we worked, really. We restructured slightly. We created um, an employer engagement lead post. We specifically did that because we wanted somebody from a recruitment background who was used to getting hold of employers, knowing the right people to contact within the different industries. You know, it's not something staff would naturally do. So, you, you know, that has made a, a massive difference and is certainly a key thing to our success. So um, we have an employer engagement lead who is the sole point of contact with all employers. She organises all of the employer breakfasts, any celebration events, any 
marketing and everything that, that goes through her. Once the employees come in, it's very gentle. We kind of sell the benefits to them. They sort of chat to us and, and then we get them to sign up to sort of say, look, you know, we will take people on, we'll take placements and, and we go from there really. We do a lot of keep warm activities. So we do have some employers who come in and will deliver. So they'll teach groups, they may do a webinar, it might be a specialist area on data protection or cyber security, something that, you know, maybe staff don't have that expertise in so they will deliver stuff for us we do matching activities as well with them they'll often come in and interview students and they'll handpick students who they may offer degree level apprenticeships to and so on so that they're getting a, a pipeline but they're very like, like Ashley said they're really hands-on and they work really collaboratively with us to make sure that it works for them and for the students that appointment of an employer manager or a recruitment manager, is that something you're looking to expand on? It seems to be really successful. Yeah, we've got one person at the moment. We're actually going out hopefully soon for an employer engagement officer to work alongside Georgia Ferguson in her role. The more two levels obviously we bring on board, the greater the number of placements. And, you know, it's important that we've got uh, enough people to keep liaising with all the employers who want to work with us. That's quite a good point to talk about staffing and, and infrastructure of staffing because you know even with management support staff or academic staff having that kind of employer links industry experiences is invaluable and we know that the structure of T levels and T level transition programs require students to learn academic concepts and vocational skills all linked to industry and the workplace settings. And to be successful, this requires staff to have appropriate occupational and industry knowledge themselves. So, Kirsty, on that theme, how have you invested in your current staffing infrastructure to support the delivery of T-levels? This was one of the things we looked at, especially, you know, from a sixth form college background, we were very much sort of A-level provision with some vocational. So it was something different. So, it, you know, in terms of the government skills agenda, one of the things we looked at, we took the ETF up on their offer of payments to release staff that so staff could go out into industry. I think it was up to four days and, and gain experience that way. We obviously get staff working with employers. Once they come in, they get the links as well. So often they'll deliver with staff. So alongside them, we, we share resources that way. We did share a member of staff across. It was through the, the trip. The AOC Trip Fund, we managed to employ a, a nurse practitioner in a role there and they worked across both campuses to deliver. And that was things like manual handling, use of hoists, various things that, that our staff weren't qualified to do at the time. So, so that's worked really, really well. We now also, if we do go out for, for advert for placements, we do look at making sure we have something else within our job descriptions to include some industry placements. So, for example, we've just recruited a new business teacher to the department for September. That person will be involved with T-Level, but they've actually owned their own businesses and actually done some training. So that's, you know, we, we need a balance between the academic, but also that industry experience as well. That's really interesting from a sort of sixth world and potentially a, a school environment. You've made those changes to recruitment, but also with regards to supporting those current staff to make sure that they got the knowledge and industry experience to teach students. That's fantastic. Ashley, from a large college provider, you know, you've got two main T-level campuses. Do you have any internal opportunities to share industry knowledge and skills across sites? 
Yeah, absolutely. So we do. We, we just had a staff development day actually at the beginning of this year. So on the 4th of January, where we brought teams together from the different campuses to have the opportunity to share ideas and good practice. And we will do a similar thing at the end of the academic year, particularly around things like standardisation, sharing resources, those sorts of things, because there's no point in reinventing the wheel, particularly where our South Downs campus started some of the T-levels before the Alton campus came on board. So we found that the South Downs campus staff have, have given a bit of support to the Alton staff where they started a year before them. How do you manage your staffing for T-levels and T-level transition programme across two campuses? Is that shared or is that individualised? The Alton campus is about 25 miles from the South Downs campus, so we have separate teams. But the teams do, on their individualised campuses, they do teach across the programme. So on the T-level early years education, for example, they also teach on the T-level transition programme. And we really try and get the students to be involved in what's going on on the T-level so they can see what would happen at the next level, what the next steps involve, what they'd be studying, a bit of integration of the students. So the students do some work together on a number of aspects as well, which is good. We, we found is really good practice. Now, my final focus is on the future and your longer term strategic intent. Ashley, just to continue with you, what T-levels or occupational specialisms or T-level transition programmes are you considering running in the future and why? We'll definitely be doing some of the next wave of T-levels that are coming in September. So we'll be looking at the creative media and broadcast and production T-level. I think potentially we'll look to do legal services, but we're also going back to some that have come in previous waves and looking at adding some other specialisms. So for example, we're currently working at the Alton campus on an SDF project that's focused on the green agenda. And we've been able to secure some funding, fortunately, to purchase electric vehicles and some electric vehicle equipment. So we'll be looking at the maintenance, installation and repair T-level in electric vehicles starting in September 2024. So there's a number of things that we're doing with that strategic intent based on local need. The other one that we'll be looking at doing is when it finally comes is the animal care the South Downs campus, we've got quite a big animal care provision, so it makes a lot of sense for us to start the T-level here. But actually, again, because it's a LEP priority for our LEP, which is in the area for the, the Alton campus, we're also looking at starting animal care there because it's a key priority for the, for the region. Um, there's lots of uh, veterinary practices and um, number of science areas that work with animals that we think would be really valuable to start that provision up at the Alton campus. That's great because actually looking at new opportunities, especially for your Alton campus, to develop and design, you know, new T level that links into the local area needs, which is great. And it's great that, you know, you're taking, I suppose, time in in advance, you know, eighteen months previous up to two years, looking at those T level and T level transition programs that you could be delivering. So you're constantly thinking forward, which is fantastic. Kirsty, with regards to Notre Dame, what new T levels are you considering? Similar to, to Ashley, we want to expand our current provision in terms of we want to grow current provision that we're offering and, and get more students on those courses. 
we've done some work already with employers to have a look at what they want. So if we did bring in, for example, media, which we are in, in 2023, this September, is there a provision already in Leeds for placements for students? You know, will there be job offers and, and things like that? So we, we've already got information on that, that we know that would work. So media's coming in uh, 2023. We're also looking at the legal T-level for 2024 as well as possibly looking at the accounting and, and finance one. And again, you know, there's some research to be done in terms of how that would fit with the different routes in terms of where students go, you know, want to go to university, what they want to go into. So it's a couple of years in the planning, really, similar to, to Ashley. You know, it's not something you can just decide to bring in in a couple of months' time. There's quite a lot of work that goes on in the background to make sure it's the right thing. And that's a good way to end, really, because actually bringing it um, full circle. You know, at the start, we were talking about strategic intent and we we're talking about developing those T levels and T level transition programs. You know, now you're, you're t- talking about the future and what that might look like. And you're already making those strategic decisions 18 months, three years in advance of what you'll be, you know, hoping to deliver in the future and looking at those new opportunities. It certainly takes time to do that. And I suppose on that note, it's probably worth noting that there are other resources available, such as the AOC T-Level Provider Readiness and T-Level Transition Programme Delivery Support that's available in it. And that's also fully funded by the DfE. So for those new providers thinking about the future in delivering T-Levels, those resources will be useful. Thank you both for your valuable input and support today on this podcast looking at strategic intent it's been really good to explore what that looks like at provider level you've both been so successful in the introduction of t-levels and t-level transition programs and you've launched them you know right at the start as a new provider so the information today is going to be invaluable for those new providers that are looking at t-levels and t-level transition programs in the future so thank you for your time you're welcome no problem at all mark my pleasure In this episode, we had some helpful insights from two providers that will certainly support you on your journey. Although they were from different provider types, there were some key messages that came through from both Kirsty and Ashley regarding the importance of having a strategic intent when choosing which T-level, occupational specialism or T-level transition program to deliver. These were, look to the future and plan ahead. In your early decision-making process, make sure to consider local and regional skills priorities. Embrace your own strengths as a provider and align program selection to your strategic vision. Remember the importance of early employer engagement and collaboration. The use of employer boards can help shape curriculum design and delivery. As part of your strategic plan, consider ways to upskill current staff and the future recruitment of new staff. During this episode, there was reference to resources available that supported these providers in their development of T-Levels and the T-Level Transition Programme. For further information and resources available to support you on your journey, please see relevant links in the episode notes.